This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Hey guys, before we start, um, wow, I, I don't have a whole lot of time, but um, I, I wanted to, I want to say this to, um, I want to say quite a few things actually. Actually, I could just hijack if this whole... If you're lucky, we might get to the message today. We'll I, 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 could, I could hijack this whole, this whole service. Right. But um, guys, I, um, I, I want to thank you guys, um, whether you're here or whether you're watching online, thank you, for, uh, thank you for being here and being a part of this church family. Thank you for your, thank you for your patience. Um, we're, we're all tired of this time. We're, we're all fatigued. We're all frustrated. Is there anybody that would say that, what are you talking about? I love 2020. <laughs> There's nothing affecting me <laughs> today. Guys, we're, as Pastor Ray said a few weeks ago, it's kind of the perfect storm. It, it's just everybody's just kind of worn down and tired and, and, and frustrated and irritated. And, and uh, guys, I, I got a couple of calls this week, actually a few calls this week from a few different people that called just to say thanks. <laughs> And it was much needed. And I said, thanks, thanks for what? I said, I just want to thank our church and our leadership. I recognize the very difficult position they're in right now. That every decision that's made is going to be criticized. And there's no right or wrong answer to a lot of this stuff. And we're feeling it out as we go, and it is an unprecedented time. Nobody in history has had to deal with things that we're dealing with right now today. And so we're having to just trust God in the midst of everything. And so I thank you for your patience and for your understanding. And guys, I love seeing your faces. I love being here together. But yes, it's frustrating that you can't hug your necks and everything else. But I'm just, I'm glad to see you. And I'm glad to know you're there, even if I can't see you, even if you're on the other side of that camera. I'm, I'm so glad to know that you're there, and I'm glad to know that you're with us and that you're part of this family. And so um, let me continue on for just a moment more. Guys, I, I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I've gotten a few calls from a few of you this week. I, uh, I got a call from, um, have you know Rick Bennett? I got a call from Rick Bennett yesterday. He, he, we've been touching base. He's been calling every couple of weeks and saying, what's going on there? How are things going? What are you guys doing in regards to this and that? And he said... Uh, he said, are COVID-19 numbers spiking where you're at? I said, yeah, spiking pretty bad. And he said, yeah, he said, here in Phoenix, he said, it's, it's tough. He said, as a matter of fact, you know, hospitals had opened up for elective surgeries. They're canceling all those because ICU beds are filling up again. And, and uh, he said, churches are, all these churches that are reopened are beginning to close because they know they're about to be mandated to do so. And I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. I said, we're not there. I said, we are trucking forward in Jesus' name. <laughs> I don't want to look back. I, I don't, I don't want to. But, uh, but, guys, I want to encourage you in this. It doesn't matter what happens in this world. God is still on the throne. He knows exactly what is going to happen. Nothing takes him by surprise. I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. In Memphis, you guys know this past week, mandated that everybody in public has to wear masks. Uh, as of tomorrow, it's enforced in Holly Springs. It's enforced in Tupelo. And I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know where it's going to go. We as a church need to pray. Yeah. We need to pray. Yeah. 
the church needs to come together. And I'll, I'm, I'll tell you this as I wrap this up. Um, the church has got to, there, it is so important right now that the church pray and the church come together. I, I really felt I was thinking about this because, look, the, we're seeing persecution of Christianity on the rise. Guys, if you're not seeing it now, we got this worship leader out of, that came out of Bethel who the last two weeks has been leading worship out near where George Floyd died. And he's been leading worship. They've been seeing healings and salvations and, and baptisms and stuff on the streets. And Instagram just kicked him off for hate speech. Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham. We, Dad and I have met Pastor Chris and talked to him before. One of the largest charismatic churches in the United States. They've got several campuses and they're meeting, they've been meeting in a couple of government buildings. One person spoke out against them two weeks ago about, against Pastor Chris. And, and the city council kicked them out, including their ministry of free health care to the inner city, including their ministry of free COVID-19 drive through for the community, free testing, gone. It's time for the church to come together and to rise up. There comes a place, and I believe it's coming very quickly, where the church is going to have to draw a line in the sand and say, enough. Enough. We will not be discriminated against, and we will not be silenced. And I think that time is rapidly approaching. The problem is the church still isn't in unity, and we look so much like the world still. And, I, I, guys, I'm, I'm going to be frank. I have unfollowed more people this week on Facebook than I ever have. Everybody's going to go and check their everybody's like, now. Is, is, is it me? You will never know. Maybe. Because I didn't unfriend. I just unfollowed. <laughs> but seriously, because I see Christians bickering over whether a mask works or not. Guys, who cares? Where's the grace? If somebody wants to wear a mask, let them wear one. If somebody doesn't, don't make it. Let's move forward in what God has and stop bickering. I, I, saw, I saw Pastor Troy this week. He got blasted over at City Church. Why? And some of you aren't going to agree. I, I, I frankly don't care. But he took a stance on the Mississippi flag. He said, you know what? Maybe it's time that we changed it. He has been blasted. I don't care whether you agree or not, but people are attacking his character. He's a Christian who feels like he's taking a, a righteous position. You might disagree, but let's have righteous dialogue, but let's stop attacking each other in the church so that we can stand in unity and we can be the body of Christ and we can draw that line in the stand and that our voice will be heard. Anyway, we love you guys. <laughs> I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I thank you for being with us. I thank you for your patience. We're as frustrated at times as you are, but we're at peace knowing that God is on the throne and that he knows exactly what our next steps are as a church family and for us individually and for our families individually. And guys, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm realizing I've got to trust him like never before. Pray. Send those prayers up. It's time. Come tonight for the night of worship. Let's get started. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I love you guys too. Um, 
Okay, you can't talk now. Do I <laughs> no. need to do the yellow part no, no, on the no, sheet? No, I got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, so guys, here's one of my things about, again, about this time that we're living in is, guys, the enemy is taking advantage of every inch that we give him. And he is taking advantage of COVID-19, and he's taking advantage of the racial issues today, and he's taking advantage of, he's taking advantage of everything that happens to bring division in the body of Christ and to break down our community. And that's why we're doing a series called This Is Us. And that's part of why this has shifted and this has changed. And my problem is people are, and no condemnation to those of you watching online, we love you and we thank you for being a part. If you don't feel comfortable coming back yet, I'm not referring to you, but people are getting used to staying at home. People are getting used to not interacting with people, and it's becoming a habit. The longer you do something, the more it becomes a habit, and it's becoming a way of life. And this is not a good change for the body of Christ. There's a lot of good changes coming forth from the body of Christ. That's not one of them. And so, you know, the fact is, even without 2020's issues, relationships are chaotic and they're messy sometimes and they're difficult. Community is tough sometimes because of some of the things I even just talked about. It's tough. Our differences can pose all kinds of challenges and issues in the midst of it. And like I say, the enemy is going to use all this to try to divide us, but not just divide us, but make us content on going it alone. And that's a dangerous place to be. Go ahead. So, like I said earlier, today we are actually starting a series called This Is Us. Now, i got to ask, have any of you actually watched the TV program This Is Us? Yes! Okay. I'm guilty, all right? Um, generally, Rob and I like completely different shows. He likes sci-fi. I like, I'm not, cooking shows. This is the show we have actually watched together um, not that the series is going to be about the show, but we like the title, This Is Us, because with that show, we see that relationships are real. We see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And how do you guys know every relationship has the good, the bad, and, and the ugly, right? Mm -hmm. And in This, and, uh, this Is Us, um, they don't sugarcoat anything, and it's a tearjerker. It's raw. How do you know? Life is messy. Yeah. How do you know there's tears at times, Right? And so that is what we're talking about as we go into this series called This Is Us, is that relationships can be one of the greatest joys in our life, but they can also be one of the most difficult aspects Amen. of our life. Hopefully you're not aiming. No, me. no, no. Yeah, okay. So, you know, here's the reality is that people live for relationships, but guys, sometimes people even die because of the lack of relationship or because they judge other relationships and they see this Facebook and social media world as a true reality, and then when they don't have that, they feel like there's something wrong with themselves, and they prematurely end their lives. Relationship is important, and so that's what we're going to discuss today. And God has a lot to say about this, and as a matter of fact, if we want to start looking at it, we need to go all the way back to the beginning of the book. We need to go all the way back to the first couple of chapters of Genesis. And you guys know in the beginning, in, in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. The Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. God said, let there be light. And there was. And it was what? Good. It was good. On day two, he separated the earth from the sky, created the atmosphere. And he said it was? Good. On day three, he separated the water and the land, created the plants and the vegetation, and said? Good. On the fourth day, he created day and night, stars and seasons. And he said? It was good. On day five, he created the flying animals and the sea life, and he said it was good. And then on day six, he created land animals, and we know that he created mankind in his own image, and he ends by saying it is good. 
good. All right, so if God says something is good, we can probably assume it is what? Really good. It's good. It's good. If God says yep. it's good, it's probably a good thing. And so we just established in Genesis chapter 1 that God considered all these things to be good. But then what does he establish as the first thing that is not good? Let me tell you. Actually, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, everything's created. There's God, all of creation, and who? Adam, right? And here's what he says. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. Say not good. Say not good. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. It was God and man. And God said, this isn't good. There needs to be relationship. There needs to be something different. And so here's the deal, guys. Who in here is an introvert? Who in here knows what an introvert is? Okay, I see some hands. How many of you are an extrovert? Okay, here's the deal. God created all of us, right? Um, in case you don't know, I love being in social, social situations. I like being around people. If I'm in the house for 24 hours that next day, you can guarantee I'm going to see somebody somewhere, walk outside like I have to have people, right? Now, my husband's not so much that way. Um, Rob can see nobody probably for an entire week and be perfectly content with that, right? Now, am I right and he's wrong? No. Is he right and me wrong? No. God made us that way and we're different. But we have to have relationship. If you're introverted, it's easy to say, I don't need anybody. I can do this on my own. But God created us for relationship. Um, so whatever type of person that you are, God says it is not good for you to be alone. And there's nothing wrong with loving alone time, but God, in his word, makes it very clear he wants you around people. Okay, he already had the dogs and the cats. He created a woman, a human, oh, man. all right, um, for that interaction. So, guys, you know, obviously this year, you know, COVID-19 has, has changed things. And, and, uh, and even the way, obviously, that we've done church, we, for three months, uh, gosh, I guess I, for three months, I mean, I preached to a, to a camera, knowing that you guys were on the other side of it, but it, it was still very different. And I know it was very different for you guys watching from home. But, and you know what, we, we made it through that season like that. And, but here's, here's what I'm hearing now. I've heard several people, um, actually, I was talking to John Cobb one day. He told me about somebody he heard this from. I've heard it from a number of others, people who have said, you know what? I've really enjoyed watching church from home. I really enjoy church online. This is easy. I don't have to try and get the kids up and get them ready and, and get them fed and, you know, and do all this stuff and try to get out the door on time and whatever else. And I might just start doing the church online thing from now on. Again, no condemnation to you guys who don't feel a peace about meeting together with us yet. We're going we're gonna to expanding our church online. We're, we're going to make sure that it is always there and available because we're reaching people that we have never reached before and, and everything else. But, but guys, I, I got to thinking about this. You know, a lot of people say, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, I love God, but I don't love the church. I've heard people actually say, you know what? I don't, I don't need the church. I've got God and he's enough. I've got the Holy Spirit and he's enough in my life. Isn't Holy Spirit enough for me? Interesting. Well, let's go back to the garden again for a moment. 
Do you realize that it was Adam and God walking every day in the cool of the day together? It was Adam and God, just like the people who think that sitting at home and it just being them and God is okay. God looked at Adam and said, "Mm, this isn't good. He said, it's not good that man be alone. And if it's not good for Adam, it's not good for you and me either. We have to have community. God designed us to need relationships, and there are certain things that we are generally only going to get through relationship with people around us. And God made it that way. God designed it that way. So if you're watching online, and and maybe you're watching from out of state, and we've had people join us that, that could never be a part of our church here physically, but I still encourage you, continue watching online, but I still encourage you, find a Bible-based family of believers. Find a Bible-based church and go, and as, as much as you can right now, and get involved and, and begin to mix with other believers and begin to develop good, healthy, godly relationships because God designed you with a need for that. It's a necessity in your life. So today we're going to talk about three benefits of having healthy, healthy relationships in your life. And I want to preface it by saying this, um, regardless of whether you're a Christian follower or not, you need relationship because God created you and God desires that you have relationship. However, um, the relationships you choose either can make you or what? Break you. Break you, right? Either the relationships that you choose can make you or they can break you. Um, you know, today we're going to talk about some of the benefits of a good, healthy, godly relationship. But I want you to know this, that even negative, toxic relationships will impact you. Period. Let me give you an example of this. Um, if you um, have relationship with people that are generally negative, you're going to become more negative. If you have relationships with somebody that's very critical, you oftentimes become very critical. If you have relationships with a very opinionated friend, how many you know that you're oftentimes going to become very opinionated? Um, if you have relationships um, with somebody that's maybe abusive, a lot of times you will find yourself following after that pattern. And so right here in Proverbs 13:20, it says, walk with the wise and you become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. So no, we're talking about benefits today, but if you are in poor relationships, they will affect you. And every relationship that we have in this life will affect us for the good or otherwise. But God desires that we have good, healthy, godly relationships in this life. And as we, as we go through these three things here for over the next few minutes, you'll see some of the reasons why. So we're going to give you three things. Like I said, you can follow along from the, on the, the Bible app on your mobile device, or, uh, um, or uh, you can use your Bible, obviously. But um, through godly relationships, we should gain three things. Number one. Number one is a transformed life. Can you say transformed life? Transformed life. Okay, that means you should look different, all right? So having godly relationships, you should have a transformed life. Your life should look different. And um, how many of you guys remember earlier in the year when we talked about um, Ruth and Naomi? Mm-hmm. I thought they were a perfect example of a relationship where both of them had influence. And so for a moment, just follow with me. Here we had Ruth who was a Moabite from a foreign land. Um, Her mother-in-law, who uh, was a, we could say a believer, she was a follower of God, right? And so here they are, they're both widows, and Naomi is widowed, hurting by herself. Her mother-in-law's like, hey, like, I've got nothing to live for. I'm gonna go back to my homeland. 
stay here with your family and it'll be better than you coming with me. It's pretty much the gist of it, right? And what was Ruth's response? Right here in um, Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, this was her reply. It said, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Okay, I would say Naomi kind of had some kind of influence at, up to that point, right? She had seen the God that Naomi had followed up to this point, even though in that moment Naomi was discouraged. She had a transformed life. She left everything she knew, went to a foreign land, new way of, new religion even for her, knew everything. Transformed, right? Now, I said both of them were changed, so how was Naomi? Like, here you see her, she's floundering, pretty much like, oh, well, just go, woe is me, there's nothing for me. I mean, she's like in the pits. Anybody ever been there? In the pits. God's not working for me. Just... I would kind of picture kind of a big crybaby in that moment. And I've been there at times, okay? But what do we see happen? Ruth made a difference in her life, right? Mm -hmm. Ruth came alongside. Ruth listened even in her heartbreak. And I love this. In Ruth chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, it says, He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. And so for those of you that know the story, she went back and she, her mother-in-law, everything was redeemed and brought back around. So you see two lives transformed within a healthy relationship. When one was low, the other kind of brought along, right? And so it's so important that we have Christian godly relationships and have a transformed life in that. And I think of other lives transformed. I think of other, and, and kind of a, a lot of times we look at it as kind of a, in, in these, a mentoring type relationship. But I, I thought in there, I thought about Elijah and Elisha and how Elisha would not leave Elijah. He followed him everywhere that he went. He asked for a double portion of his spirit or his anointing. And, and uh, we know that, that, that Elisha follows Elijah even in those last hours and sees him taken to heaven in that chariot of fire. You know what really gets me, I, I think is the coolest part of that story to me is, you know, when Elijah and Elisha were walking toward those final moments, um, you know, Elijah had stopped and, and touched his cloak to the water and the, and the Jordan River had split and they walked across on dry land. And on the way back, Elisha's walking by himself and he's got this cloak of Elisha. And I can just imagine him walking up to the, walking up to the water and going, all right, here we go. And he touches Elijah's cloak to the water. And in that moment, it doesn't say anything happened. But he spoke and he said, where now is the God of Elijah? And the water split. And I thought, what a transformed life. He was transformed by Elijah. I even thought further, I was thinking about, um, thinking about Moses and Joshua, about how when Moses would be for sometimes a whole day, a whole night at the tabernacle, Joshua would not leave. He stayed there, and he was groomed and transformed into the next leader of, uh, of Israel. And, you know, and we all probably have examples of this in our own lives, and somebody who um, we had a relationship with that helped to transform and to mold our life. And so it may have been, a, in your life, it may have been a teacher or a Sunday school teacher or pastor or community group leader or maybe a coach or a friend or maybe a parent or a sibling or whoever it was, but we all need somebody in our life, a godly, healthy relationship to help transform our life into God, what God wants it to be so that we can accomplish his purposes in the earth.
So kind of an example that came to my mind of this is actually Marilyn. Many of you guys have heard her testimony over the years. And, um, and I remember her saying that as a teenager, she went to a Young Life Christian camp. And that that's when she gave her life to Christ. Who would say that might be a transformed moment? Mm -hmm. But then I also recall her saying that she was newly, you know, she's married and she had some kids and life was really hard. And that some women that were godly came around her and supported her and helped her and showed her the way. How many of you say that's a transformed life? Mm -hmm. Right? And so that's kind of what we're talking about. You know, um, I also remember her sharing one time that I think it was a, maybe a high school teacher that actually wrote a note to her and spoke to the potential in her before she even saw it. You still have that note or a picture of it? She knows it by heart. Mm, so guys, good. here's the point is that we need to position ourselves and be around people that are going to make us stronger and make us better together. And we cannot do that alone. You can't that's receive right. a note that's going to bless you forever. You can't do all that by yourself. So godly, healthy relationships are going to transform our lives into, and put us into a better position to accomplish God's purposes in our life, which leads us to the second point. Uh, number two, in godly, healthy relationships, we find a life of accountability. Yes, accountability, our favorite word. So right? we should find a transformed life, and we should find a life of accountability. Now, people don't like the word accountability today because we hear accountability, and we think it means that somebody's always checking up on us, and I, it's like, I got, my, I got my eye on you, right? And, and you, you know, and, and watching us, and whatever it may be, and and you know, and trying to keep us on course and keep us on task, and, and we we tend to have a negative connotation with that now. And and our culture today is the type of culture where where most people say, um, "I'm a self-made man. I don't need anybody. I can go the course alone." And you know, nobody tells me what to do. And and as a result of that. We give no one the right to speak into our life, and we find ourselves not having any accountability. And I believe that in many ways, it's one of the greatest failures of the church. Not, I'm talking about we, we're the church, right? Remember the church in four walls. We are the church. It's one of the greatest failures of the church is us not allowing anybody the right to speak into our life and to bring accountability to us. There was a minister named Bill Hole. You may have seen some of his, um, some of his stuff on uh, Right Now Media but he said, to develop true maturity without some form of accountability is like believing that you can raise children without discipline. We have to have accountability. Once again, how many of you guys remember, remember us talking about King David? I think we talked about him for a couple weeks, um, several months ago. I don't remember when that was. But how many of you guys remember about King David? When we talked about that day about how um, God sent Nathan, who was a prophet, into his life. Who is your Nathan? And, and we proposed the question, who is your Nathan? And here's the thing is that we've got to make sure that we have a prophet or a friend that can speak directly into our lives. And you guys have heard me say this numerous times, but I mean, like, that is Rob in my life. You know, we all need somebody... Um, Rob's not going to sugarcoat stuff with me. He will tell me straight up. Now, he does wait for the right timing <laughs> most of the time. Um, but That's I've also wise. come to that place where, like, I might have this emotion, and I'll be like, Rob, am I being ridiculous, or is there some validity to this? And so you've got to build, build relationships with people that you can trust and speak with one another. And so I really believe that that's kind of what Nathan was to David. You know, what did David do? He sinned with Bathsheba, right? Then he tried to cover up the sin. Then he tried to cover up another sin by having Uriah killed. And then he's like, okay, everybody's, everybody's dead. I've now married this woman. We're going to have this baby. It's all good, right? And God's like, mm, mm, mm. 
it's not good, not good. And so he sends Nathan, who, by the way, is actually a friend because he had spoken into his life before. This wasn't just a one-time thing. They had relationship. And Nathan came and was like, dude, <laughs> here's what's going on. And how did David respond? He repented. He repented. And so, guys, I encourage you, in this life of relationships and accountability and the people that you give power to hold you accountable, when they come to you with correction, let's be like David and be quick to repent and not to defend or at least listen and say, okay, Lord, is there some validity to this that I need to search on the inside and do something different? All right, so real quick, since we're still talking about accountability, did you know that there are some advantages to accountability? Like there's some good things about that. The first thing is, is that when we are accountable, we are less likely to fall into a trap and we're less likely to sin. That's a big deal. It is a big deal because we know sin, we know everything that follows with that, destruction and pain and heartache, but accountability can help keep us from that. You know, here at Church of the Harvest, when we collect the money, uh, they've got two people that count it. Is it because we don't trust the counter? No, it's because we want accountability. Rob and I, you know, we both do a lot of counseling. We will never counsel somebody of the opposite sex alone because of appearances and accountability. And so, you know, you've got to have things set in place to um, not fall into traps. In Proverbs eleven fourteen, right here, it says, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Guys, that's why, especially with everything that Rob was talking about earlier, you know, we have leaders in our life. We have leaders in the church. We have leaders in our government. We have leaders in our workplace. And we need to be praying for them, but we need to be praying that God positions people around them that give them godly counsel and give them godly wisdom and, and help them and accountability to what they're doing. It's so important. Proverbs 13, 14, it says, The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it, Avoid the snares of death. So they hear it, but then what do they do with it? They accept it. Yep. Important. Proverbs 15, 31 through 33. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you will only harm yourself. But if you listen to the correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. So number one advantage of accountability, it helps keep us out of that trap. It helps keep us from sinning. Secondly, when we're accountable, we are more likely to see the big picture. How many of you are like me and sometimes you know that you have tunnel vision? <laughs> you are focused on one thing and can miss a hundred other things going on around you at the same time. And we all get caught in this position sometimes where we only see through our perspective really easy in the day and time in which we live to only see from our perspective and not be, uh, be able to see from anybody else's. So sometimes, um, you know, and let me mention, by the way, it's, it's natural. It, it, by instant, but that's the, part of the way that we're created. We, we obviously can only see through our eyes. That's the way we're naturally formed, but we've got to train ourselves to be able to see other people's perspectives and see from different, from different ways. But, um, but God gives us others um, that sometimes can see things that we can't see. How many of you are married? How many times do you see things in your spouse that your spouse can't see? Yeah, it happens sometimes. See, I'll take some it? of those faces away. That was. <laughs> right? Right? Like, mm -hmm. What? I do not do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever. So, 
Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Somebody just rich Higginbotham just posted that, just posted that on the live stream. Guys, when we go it alone, we can be easily deceived. So for instance, Sometimes you may be having an issue in your life. You may be having some issues uh, maybe, with, uh, maybe with parenting or maybe in your marriage. One of the best things that you can have in your life is a good, godly friend, a true friend who can speak into your life and that you will welcome speaking into that situation, whatever it may be, uh, maybe even uninvited. That's they can come and they can speak into it because here's the deal. They're not emotionally involved in, in, in the situation like you are, and they can see the big picture that maybe you can't see. We need these relationships to help us to see the big picture. And the last thing I want to mention there real quick for the last point is that thirdly, when we're accountable, we're not as likely to get away with wayward actions. And, you know, we see that with, with David. We just mentioned David a minute ago. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And, and, and like I said, in this, in this crazy time in which we're living in, guys, opinions are running rampant and getting out of hand. And everybody feels like they have to express them. How many of you have been there? Okay, nobody wants to raise their hand. I see people poking each other. Yeah, How many right. of you know somebody like that? Oh, there, there's a couple more. Okay, whatever. Don't say if you are that. I won't ask any more questions. Um, but opinions and attitudes are getting out of control. And sometimes these things that we feel we have a right to say can be damaging without us ever meaning to. And we need accountability in the midst of that. Many of us, if not most of us, we need someone to encourage us to love before we criticize. Encourage us to listen before we speak. We need that accountability in our life. Um, Galatians 6.1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another brother is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Gently and humbly. Note those two we, adjectives we have lost in that, that sentence. Guys, Gently it's, and humbly. It's grace. I, 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 it was actually, he's out there running the live stream right now. But great, j, j, um, what's Charles? his name? Charles. Charles. Almost said Joe McGee. <laughs> Look a little different. Same last name. Um, he said something to me yesterday about where is the grace today? We're not giving each other grace. We have got to give that grace. And I talked to somebody else a couple days ago who said they were, they were talking to another person who was criticizing the leadership over them and stuff, and they immediately responded with, well, how much have you been praying for them lately? Hmm, yeah, how much? We need accountability to bring us back on track. So we need accountability. Through accountability, through healthy, godly relationships, we should attain, we should, our life should be transformed. Secondly, we should find accountability. And then thirdly... This is our last point today, is that um, we should have a strengthened life. A strengthened life. In Mark chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it said, Then Jesus went from village to village, teaching the people. And he called his 12 disciples together, and he began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. And then in Luke 10, chapter 1, he said, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples, and he sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places that he planned to visit. Guys, Jesus sent people out in pairs. He sent them out in twos. Have you ever wondered why did he send them out in twos? 
Well, the answer is actually in Ecclesiastes 4, chapter 9 through 10. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. It's so important that we have people alongside it. It makes us stronger. We are better together. We are stronger together than on our own. It definitely strengthens us. Definitely strengthens us in, uh, in countless ways. I, I thought in this, just I was trying to think of a couple of biblical examples. I thought of, of uh, since we just came out of Jeremiah last week, right? We talk, I was thinking about in next time we go into the story, we'll, we're going to talk about uh, the captivity in Babylon. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And imagine, as, as I talked about last week, Jeremiah's there telling the people, this is not the end, and Jerusalem's burning, and they're leading everybody out toward Babylon. And imagine these Four young men that have been brought into the king's palace, they've been given an assignment. They've probably seen much of their family killed. They've probably seen much of their family made slaves. They were being forced to learn a new language. They're being forced to learn the, 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 how to worship these foreign gods and such. But here's the one thing they had. They had each other. Can you imagine if they were sitting there alone? But we know that these four young men were sitting there together. And, just, and we know the strength that brought, because actually I'm, I'm not even going to read it right now. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 8 tells the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you know, again, they would not bow when the music played, right? They knew the verdict. They, they knew that they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. But they didn't have to stand alone. The three of them were able to stand together. And how you would know that would be a whole lot easier than trying to stand alone in the midst of it all. It's so much easier to stand strong when you've got others beside you. It gives you the strength you need to not be swayed. You know, an example right there I wanted to share is, um, guys, community and community groups are so important, and they're probably more important now than they've ever been as far as the church globally. It's so important that you have several families that you stand together with. And something I was actually thinking about, I wanted to brag on our young adults ministry for a moment. Um, guys, I don't know if you know this, but um, yeah, Madison's already putting her hand down. This past year, Madison was like, I'm going to take the lead for our young adults group here. And I have been so proud of this group meeting. I mean, right there, there's three of them. There's like four of them right here. Um, you guys, Emily's over here. You guys are all around, Silas. Um, guys, these Christians from our church or getting together outside of Sunday morning church and praying with one another, encouraging with one, one another. And here's what I love. We're taking a break from the story, and what they decided to do is let's still get together weekly, but let's make it our goal to invite our friends and our coworkers and maybe people that are even a part of the church that aren't connected so that we can begin to build on that community. Guys, that's what being a believer is about. Yep. It is positioning your, let me tell you, it's inconvenient. This Wednesday, they were supposed to go out to a field and play Nerf war. And guess what? That's the one place a rain cloud came. And they could have easily been like, well, everybody go home. But instead, I get the phone call. Mom, is it okay if we come to the house? And I don't know, 13, 15, some bodies oh, in, and, in and out throughout the night. Community, guys, it's intentional. It's inconvenient. It's messy. It's ugly. But it is so needed, and God tells us that we've got to it's do so it. It's so worth it. So worth it. Um, 
Can we just go to there? Yeah, let's yeah. just. We were we were going to talk for just a moment about Moses and Aaron, about how Mo, Aaron was he strengthened Moses in his weakness, right? Moses had a weakness in that he was not strong in speech, and you know I, I was thinking about that how God could have just healed Moses' speech impediment right quick. Instead, he brought Aaron alongside along beside him to be his mouthpiece and to be there and be a support to him. I mean, how incredible is that? So. Through good, godly, healthy relationships, we should attain, number one, a transformed life. Our lives should be changed for the good because of the people around us. They should propel us forward. Secondly, we should get a, have a life of accountability. Our lives should, should, it should help us to stay on track because of the accountability we find in these relationships in our lives. And thirdly, we should find a strength in life. We should be stronger. Our stand should be stronger because of relationships and those that are in our lives. So guys, here's Rob and I are about, we want to take away, all right? If there's like one thing, one thing that you can walk away with today, this is it. We want every single person here and listening to recognize your need for others. And that's big. Maybe you've been hurt by others. Maybe you've been rejected by others. Maybe in the church, that Christian backstabbed you, kicked you to the curb, and you feel wounded, and you're like, never again. That is not what God wants. That is the enemy getting the victory in your situation, and you will not be all that God's called you to be unless you position yourself in that place to say, okay, God, yes, number one, I need, you need him. We're going to get to that in a minute, but number two, God, who is it? that I'm gonna allow to make me stronger, that's gonna help me have that transformed life, that's gonna hold me accountable. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, as apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you, or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. You know, we see just as a child needs a mother, we need people to come alongside us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 20 through 22, Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. You are needed for others, and you need to open up yourself to receive from others. So guys, we've got to fight against this idea because it's ingrained in us by our culture that we don't need others. Um, we, we've got to fight against it because really the root issue of that really is pride. And, uh, you know, the need for others is God-given and is deeply rooted, and that's the way God planned it. And, and you know, and as we talked about last week, God gives us grace. And as we talked about last week, he with the children of Israel, he warned them over and over and over again. And God warns us, and we see it in Scripture over and over again, the importance of relationship. He tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's what we're doing, right? That's why it's important. That's why I'm telling you, don't, if, if, if you're thinking about just sticking to church online and never going back to an assembly, guys, you've got to get involved in a body of believers. I know relationships are tough. I know they're messy and chaotic sometimes, but they are 1,000% worth it. Will you get hurt again? Yeah, you will get hurt again at some point, and you're going to hurt somebody at some point, but it is 1,000% worth it 
worth it. We so need that in our lives. And God, like I say, God gives us grace and mercy, and he warns us over and over again that if we don't follow his instruction, things will not go well for us. And that applies in the same situation. If you continue to separate yourself and you don't allow yourself that Christian community, God, good, godly, healthy relationships, it will lead to destruction in your life. You won't be able to accomplish all that God has for you uh, because, you were se- because you separated yourself. So we're going to ask the worship team to come on up. and um, I'm just going to ask wherever you are, if you're here or online, if you'll just close your eyes for a moment. And just ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to me this morning? Lord, what are you speaking to me this morning? You know, maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's number one. Like, it's hard to love and do any of this without Jesus. (laughs) Even in the beginning, God was first, right? So if you're here watching and you are like, you know what? I need to make him number one in my life. I want you to just pray to the Lord something like this. Lord, I've tried to go it alone. I've tried to do it in my own strength. And that's not your way. Lord, I repent. I say I'm sorry. And I say I need you to come and be my Lord, my Savior. I want to do things your way from now on. Not my own way. Maybe not the way of my family. Maybe not the way of my best friend. Lord, I want to do things your way. You know, and maybe you're in here and um, we've talked about relationships and we talked about the benefits of good relationships, but ask yourself right now, what relationships do I have? And are they godly relationships? Am I having more of a godly influence in my life or do I have more of a worldly or negative You know, there are good people that aren't believers, that have good intentions, that can speak contrary to God's word and God's ways into your life. And that's not his best. So ask the Lord, are there any relationships that maybe I need to distance from? Maybe not give so much sway in my life? That maybe like the example Rob gave when he talked to somebody this week and negativity was coming up. They're like, you know what? I'm not going to hear all that. Let's pray. Or maybe you're in here and you're like, this sounds so great, but like, I don't know how to get there. Where is that person at? Because there aren't any in my life. God can send you someone. And so Lord, right now I pray that you speak to every single person exactly what they need to hear in this very moment. Encourage them when they're weak. Encourage them if you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866 866- Three eight three eight two seven seven. You are Lord of my sin.